is it better than a super pixel or is that just a uh, a matter of taste This is episode 60 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Jaffe, and since last week's show, I've spent approximately one hour playing video games. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I'm Frank Cifaldi, and since last week's week's podcast, I've spent approximately, uh, gee, probably about an hour playing video games. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and since last week's episode of the podcast, I've spent... Does my own video game count? Because I've played about 12 hours of video ball. I don't think that counts. Seven no. games. I'm not counting. It doesn't hours. count. It's a pretty good... It was... No, it, it was... It, uh, no, that's work, Tim. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's pretty fun. Let me tell you. Uh, so, in other words, I've played definitely less than one minute of video games in the last seven days. Okay. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and since the last, po- last podcast... Somewhat unusually for me, but mostly since I wasn't at home, I've probably played about ten hours of video Whoa. games. Whoa! Whoa! Why, you, Mister Gamer? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Why? Well, I was on a. I was you on one a, of them whales? I was on a plane. <laughs> I was on a bunch of uh, train rides, and um, oh, you were on vehicles. I was in vehicles that were moving and required me to not—no, not required, but. Uh, made me want to become less bored, and so I played a whole bunch of Shin Megami Tensei 4, and then I started that, um, that Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem with the what with the no feet. Oh yeah, I saw you tweeting about that. The, the one where the people don't have feet. In it. Yeah. Also you know what I'm playing is uh, I, I forgot that I had a Vita. Um, oh, the Vita. And uh, so I decided to turn it on for the first time in months, and. Uh, I started playing Guacamelee and didn't get too far into it, but um, on a whim, I decided to play my first Final Except Fantasy game, game ever. Yeah, and which First Final Fantasy game I'm ever playing is 9, and I'm kind of liking it. It's a little weird. Yeah, so also joining us this week, a surprise guest. Uh, you may know him from a uh, our friendly rival podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gunning for you. Uh, Cheapy B himself of Cheap Ass Gamer. What is a rival podcast exactly? Uh, well, it's just any uh, any other podcast sure. that exists. In um, the world. A, few months, a few months ago, there was a Neo GAF thread which ranked the best video game podcasts. Oh, we really? Were no- we were number thirteen, guys. Number really? thirteen. There's there's thirteen video game podcasts. There are hundreds. We must there, have been 13 of 13. I'm going to just believe there's 13. I actually didn't see that thread. I want to see it. Yeah, look it up. Also, uh, you were the first person I've ever heard say Neo GAF. Me too. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> says Neo GAF. I would, I would prefer, uh, Jaffe, I would prefer you continue to call it Neo GAF, please. <laughs> that yeah. I will. Let's keep that. Yeah. Uh, Chief ED, how many hours of video games have you played in the last week? Oh, boy. I played several hours, I would say. I don't know. I don't keep a running total, but I would say five-ish, six. Which, which, which games are those? Were, were they only, like, $2 bargain bin games? No. Games? I'm playing, like, the <laughs> games that you probably never talk about, like Splinter Cell and hockey. Oh, were you playing that Splinter Cell Blacklist? <laughs> I'm playing the Blacklist. I'm I actually dying. want to play that, but... Did you get a good deal on it, or...? I bought it on 
PC, so you always get a good deal on PC. <laughs> PC is the fa- would you say pa- PC is the fast track to a good deal? Is that what you, is as long as you can get past the initial investment, the software side is just ridiculously cheaper. I've got one of those PCs. Uh, yeah, so, me too. I mean, so sounds Mr. like we're all on the same boat there, uh, Mr. D. The uh, way this works is that I, I introduce a topic. Well, first, uh, whoever won last week's show introduces a topic because there's a tally of who wins each episode. Uh, and we discuss that topic for six minutes. I sound a buzzer. We move on. And we go through that process about nine, ten times. We wrap it up with a uh, rapid pace lightning round. And I determine by who by whosoever did the best at addressing the topics, uh, who picks the inaugural topic for next week? I'm Are confused. you ready for such an endeavor? <laughs> I think I'm ready. That's I, I, I couldn't even tell if you were joking or not. Is there really a buzzer sound? Uh, there yes. is a buzzer. Oh, yeah. buzzer. You've never seen it's not you just going. No, there is an actual buzzer sound, and it sounds a little something like this. Oh, that's it. Oh. We're not we're not using a more char- charismatic, interesting buzzer. <laughs> that's good. I like. So that. wait a minute. On this on this NeoGaf thread, I just want to go back just for one second. Yeah. Uh, if we if we were number thirteen, where was uh, where was Cheapy D's podcast? Somewhere oh, above two. that. Somewhere above that. I know Giant Bomb was number one. Oh, uh, GB. I don't think I'm very well. I mean, they don't they don't hate me on NeoGaf, but I don't think like they feel like I'm one of them, and I'm probably not. You got to find them better deals, dude. What is what is a the deals what, are all there. They're all we have all the deals. So what does one have to do to be one of them at NeoGAF? You have to like you have to really like Sony a lot. You have to like oh, Sony yeah. and anything Japanese more than anything American. I think you have to really really like sales numbers too. You have to really really just want to know all the sales numbers. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Frank, uh, Frank uh, you what? won. That's me. You won last week's show with your Correct. unbridled enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, and uh, we would very much like for you to introduce our first topic. Okay, so our first topic, um, I don't really know how to define this, but I was having a conversation kind of recently with someone, um, not about anything in particular, but we started sort of sharing these defining moments in our lives of, of playing or being around video games that have stuck with us a lot. And uh, I'm just going to share two of mine, and then I'd like you guys to share some of yours also. Defining um, moments. So, like, that, and that's why I'm going to share mine because this is a very let's, loose let's, topic, right? Let's, let's, so, yeah, yeah. one of my defining moments was uh, the first time I got to, I, I think it was World Three or Four in Super Mario Brothers, whichever one is the first one where the sky goes black. So, and World Three. It was World Three, three one, yeah, and three. I, this, this is a defining moment for me because, like. It was the first time that a video game for me had shown the progression of time, and like it, it just made the game feel huge to me. It, it felt like you know Mario's been on this adventure so long that it's nighttime now, and it's probably going to go back to daytime. And man, this is like a real adventure I'm having, and that really stuck with me. And the other one that I had was uh, in the very poor advertisement for Earthbound in uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, a two-page spread, This Game Stinks, you might remember was the uh, tagline for it. Um, There's a screenshot of the kids in in a nightclub, and that was the first time I ever saw a video game that that I was like, oh my god, there's like a club. You can just go into a club and hang out. It's the first time I ever felt 
I ever realized that a game could be like its own to hang out. world. Like uh, yeah, like a, like a place where things happen on their own without me, and I could go like exist in this world and hang out. And like that's another moment that stuck with me. I have others, but those are the two that came to mind. And uh, go. Uh, I got go. a couple. Yeah, go for it, Brandon. Go for I it. Will. I will do it. I'm going for it now. And in so going, I will say that one of them was Knights. Um, I was playing oh, that Knights. Knights. That Knights into Dreams video game on the Saturn, and uh, I had previously been staunchly anti-3D. That was a dimension that I felt was ruining video games, uh, the third dimension. And But in Knights, yeah, I think it was the perfect game, really, to, can, to sell me on 3D as a concept because, you know, most of the action took place in 2D and it was really fun and really smooth and really cool. But then <clears throat> I discovered that when I went off the path, when I wasn't knights and I was just playing as the child, you could walk around and there were things in the world that you could not otherwise find. There were little locations and places that could be discovered only through not playing the game, uh, but just wandering around in it. Um, And that, for me, was like, all right, maybe 3D is a cool thing. You can you can really explore in this kind of an environment. And I'm sure other people had that in different, better games. Well, I don't know about better, but different games like uh, Mario 64 or something like that. But for me, mm-hmm. it happened in Nights. And uh, probably the other one of the other ones was when I first played East Books 1 and 2 for the Graphics, And that, that was the first time I heard that awesome CD soundtrack. Um... And I remember walking into the uh, the like the waterfall area, and I think that Tears of Sylph song is playing. And I was like, "Man, this is like this is a real deal. This is this is a this is a real place here, almost. Like I'm having I'm almost having an emotion right now." And uh, so those two. Uh, I guess I can have one like this. Uh, uh, <laughs> are you ready for this one? Uh, sure. I I played. Man, okay, so we were at my my grandparents' house, and I was a kid, and a few days previous, my aunt had taken me to the mall and allowed me to select a birthday present, and uh, my mom was a big fan of not letting me have presents and also of not letting our uh, her relatives buy presents for us because I guess it made her feel poor, but uh, my aunt purchased for me... Uh, uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, which number one I did not know was even out, right? Number much less available to purchase at a mall in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. But uh, I I got that game, and I played it through the entire vacation while my family was at the beach, and while my family was in the van, and while my family was sitting at my grandma's house playing with my grandma's cats and uh, my grandma smoking cigarettes and my aunt is smoking cigarettes and they're all talking about really boring stuff and I played that game with with my headphones on and the big magnifying light uh, on my Game Boy Mm -hmm. and I was like I was like heck yeah Uh, I kind of maybe enjoy video games more than some people more than I enjoy interacting with people 
and it made me realize you can kind of choose the people you want to interact with uh, or not interact with. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember thinking, yeah, I don't care. I'm not ashamed of, uh, of playing some dumb video game. Well, mine was also going to be about Link's Awakening, so let's just stick <laughs> to GPD. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> Keep it. Oh, well, oh, no, I was going to say my final one, just one sentence, uh, was when we put Video Ball on a tiny monitor in my house uh, last March or so, and, uh, God, that was a long time ago, and a bunch of people just stayed in my house and played it for, like, eight hours, uh, even though it was a prototype that we'd been working on for two days, I realized, oh, man, it's pretty cool to make a video game if it's a cool video game. That's the end. Cool. That's it. That's all I got. That's the end. Cheapied. Right. Do you guys, do you guys realize these things while they're happening, or do you realize them much later? Because I think for me, I'm looking at these as a much later thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think I think you can't at, at the time you realize, wow, this is a cool thing. But it's only later that if it sticks with you that you realize, oh, this was actually a real moment because I remember it yeah, years later. Right. Exactly. Right. I think I think for me, maybe uh, a game like Eco, where mm-hmm. it's it's a really unique game and that you know you're not fighting anybody you're not killing anybody yet you still you reach you get to the end of the game and you can have this emotional response that has nothing to do with really like excitement or anything it's you know it's something you're used to getting in a, in a watching a movie um, mm-hmm. and i think that game i think of years later still like sitting with my who's my wife now um, thinking of how we played that game together and just like watching the credits roll uh, when they're on the beach there and just thinking like, wow, we just experienced something that I don't, I don't know, will we, will we see this again in a game? But I, at the time, I don't think we realized at all. So, so, like, so it was... What, is that the... Are we done with that one, I guess? Yes, I believe we are. We got to oh, move on. Ding okay. dong. I wanted to talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. The Sims and Animal Crossing have proven themselves seminal works in the interior design video game genre. Uh, Which other games allow you the most freedom to express yourself through your virtual living space, and how may this video game subset evolve? I don't really. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, you want to buzz in? You want to buzz in first here? (laughs) I was. I was just excited for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, go for it. Let's hear it. What do you got? Well, it's not the best, but it's one that I discovered recently that I really enjoy. It's this game, Anistan, for the PC Engine, and it in it you are a fighting girl who is beating up other girls to become the lead gang in your prefecture. And through beating up girls, other girls, you owe, you earn money. And you can use that money to decorate your room in your house, and you can buy cool posters and like a nice stuffed animal and a and a plant that has a pompadour and stuff and, and new boots and stuff. And it I love it, boots. It's, it's really boots. great because this this game was made in 1995, and I don't think they were targeting people like me at the time. I think they actually had to be targeting girls for this game to have all of that you know, pastel room customization stuff, and, and like, every every night after you beat up a bunch of girls, you have a dream uh, with, like, flowers and rainbows and stuff. It's a it's a really bizarre and interesting experience. I don't I, I, That doesn't speak to how this genre is going to evolve, but I would like more stuff where, you know, uh, ma- building up your room is just 
like a it feels weird to do it in the game rather than having that be the main the main drive like it, in, instead of having a, like a crazy collectivism like the wasn't there a room in one of the Castlevania DS games where if you were collecting stuff you'd go back to this room and then it would just have more elaborate things in it I believe there was one of those in um, a, wasn't it the oh yeah it was one of them it was either the first or the second DS one I think not and, the second kind of blurred I, together for me. I really uh, I really like that kind of thing where it's it's uh, it's there if you want it and it's not the focus. I don't know why I prefer that, but it's it's more fun for me that way. I get more engaged when I don't have to. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I don't I can't think of any examples, uh, but I like the idea of the uh, the decorating and possibly even collecting stuff just being, you know, the side quest of a good game. Look at I, Skyrim. I, Skyrim, that they have a whole they have a whole add-on where you just basically build a house and put stuff in it. But you could do yeah. that, any, but you don't have to. Of course, you can yeah. play the whole game and not ever I mess guess, with furniture. Yeah, I mean, on on that subject, yeah, I was gonna say that I, I kind of did that in Fallout well, three mostly, not so much in New Vegas because I kind of got over it. But uh, not over the game, but over over decorating like an idiot. But uh, I, I remember I had one bedroom in my Fallout three shack where uh, I collected every empty whiskey bottle I could in the game and just threw it on the floor in this room. Oh, so it was just man. this horrible room of empty whiskey bottles. Yeah, That's, That's the winner right there. That sounds like the winning uh, answer. But uh, I just want to say that I'm a fan of games where you have a house, period, right? So, mm-hmm. like, in Zelda, Link's, or Zelda Link to the Past, uh, you start in Link's house, and then it took... As I was playing it, this is a defining moment for me. It took it took a few hours of playing the game to realize, you know, that's my house and that's always going to be my house. You know, I can always just go back into that house and get those hearts that are in there. And I mean, that's all the decorating that you do, but uh, is is break these vases and take the hearts. But I always liked that. And furthermore, I just I want to say I like games where you have houses that you can purchase. Uh, I like the uh, the Grand Theft Auto games, uh, the San Andreas, where you just get a house and it's like, or Grand Theft Auto 4, you, you obtain new houses as the story progresses. I, I like that model of thing. It's like now you have this fancy condo. You start out in some flop house and you end up with a with a fancy condo and it's like, yeah, that that feels really cool to me. The world is yours. Yeah. Saints Row 3 did that really well. Like you could upgrade your stripper poles and... Oh yeah, yeah. I I always wanted to play Saints Row Three, and then I never did, which but is a four shame. didn't have it. But it it looked like it had a, a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Saints Row. For uh, but uh, in terms of games where you can uh, move stuff around inside buildings, this is a tenuous example. I just I like picking up pots and books uh, in in Landstalker and building yeah. staircases in buildings and like. Yeah. Standing, using them to get on top of people's heads, and then building staircases on top of people's heads, and uh, that's I just... have to agree with that completely. Uh, at the very beginning of um, Light Crusader for the Genesis, oh yeah, uh, there's the you, you t- go and talk to the royal family. There, they want you to figure out what's up, re monsters, and uh, and you can just push them all off the edge of this thing. And push them on top of each other, and jump yeah. on top of them to get on top of this pillar you have no reason to be on top of. Yeah, Light Crusader is just a nightmare of that stuff. I love yeah. it. Yeah, 
And, and one of my favorite things about it, which shouldn't be my favorite thing because it's really the easiest way to do it, but I love that they don't change what they say regardless of whether they're standing on top of their daughter's head. They're yeah. just like, please go save the kingdom. And, and there's like a cat on top of their head. They're standing on their daughter, smashed next to their wife. And, uh, <laughs> that's the best. One yeah, of the games I want to work on, which which I, I guess you guys know what, what this game is, kind of exploits yeah. that and, and makes humor out of that, and I, I hope we get to make it. Sorry, what were you saying, Tim? Oh, I was just saying remodeling other people's houses is pretty fun. Yeah. Yes. I was, I was, gonna, I was also going to mention that because uh, I was watching a Huskers game with Megan Scavio in Seattle at a bar called Sport, uh, and she was showing me how nice her Animal Crossing town was, and while she was paying attention to the football game, I just rearranged all of her furniture. Nice. And she became very upset with me. And oh, man, that, people don't like when you do that. No, they don't like it. They don't like it at all. That's not nice. Let's talk about Twine. What's the, twine. Best, what, what's the best Twine game you've ever played? And Dude, what yes. Twine game would you most like to make? Dude, Isn't yes. Twine a type of string? Uh, yes, but it's also a uh, brand new, bold, innovative software for uh, creating your own text-based, uh, interactive uh, uh, website-based adventures. Oh so no way! I, I have some things to say about Brandon. That. I think you're the only one here who has any Twine experience. Wait, are you serious? I, I've written like a million Twine things. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought we talked about it before. Oh. Nope. Yeah, I don't think we have. But um, I I think well. Twine is really cool. I've I've I couldn't point to the one that I like the best, but I've really enjoyed. A lot of people have felt strangely compelled to tell their personal stories in it, and it's kind of interesting to wade through someone's brain uh, and have questions like, "Do you think I'm pathetic? Yes, no," and uh, yeah. it's it's a really weird and interesting thing that happens. But um, I. <clears throat> I, I really like Twine just in general because um, when, when that Call of Duty dog came out, I wanted to make a Call of Duty dog Twine game, and I went just because I thought it would be funny to make a Call of Duty dog game in, in five minutes. And I went from not having Twine installed to having made two games in 40 minutes, and yep. uh, that was great. It's very easy, and it's pretty intuitive, and it's got some stupid stuff to it that doesn't work the way you think, but it's it's really, once you figure it out, it's great, and also for anyone that wants to make a Twine game, uh, you should look up Anna Anthropy's tutorial because she tells you a lot of really basic stuff that the documentation doesn't that's really important. Like Yeah, I've read that. There's some hot tips in that. Yeah, like that. Like that. The your starting page has to be called start, or else the game just won't work. You wouldn't know that otherwise. But anyway, Twine. Yeah, I know Twine is cool though, and uh, you can make all kinds of crazy stuff in it. And wasn't um, uh, that analog uh, love story and hate story and hate plus? Isn't that made with Twine Pro? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I feel like. Hmm, I'm going to look at it. I honestly don't really know what Twine Pro really does. I don't know what... I I, I'm pr I think it is. Yeah, it's Twine. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of my depth here. Yep, it's Twine. So there you go. And that's that's definitely one of the more complicated 
games with Twine because it's like a it's a full fledged graphical uh, adventure graphical thing. adventure visual novel is what it is and it's uh, a vision of as we used to call them yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no we never we never actually <laughs> and I don't remember ever hearing that before ever yeah no it's it's a common term um, yeah I think I think it's great I want to see more people do it and I f- I feel like people like Frank should be making some and I'm surprised Tim that uh, to hear that you've made some and I have not been informed or looked I at haven't uh, publicized them anywhere but why, why don't you send me some I don't know maybe I will maybe I will well here's here's how it got started yeah. I wanted to make my uh, I wanted to write a review of Bioshock Infinite that oh, was I remember this. a twine game but uh, it got really out of hand and it's like so I've read a lot of these <laughs> forums where people are talking about twine games and uh, I mean where people always say that you know if if your game is going to take longer than 20 minutes to, to play, maybe you shouldn't make it. It's like this, the hard and fast rule. And I'm like, oh no, you know, what do I do? It's like, who's going to actually read through this whole thing? But then, there has not yet really been a straight-up text-based 60,000-word twine novel that everybody freaks out about. There, mm-hmm. uh, there must be some, but nobody's heard of them, right? Yeah, I, I think mean, analog, analog is the closest one. Yeah, but it's got a lot of graphics in it. Yes, so. it does. Yeah, yeah. so it, it doesn't, like, 100% count. I mean, it's great, but it doesn't necessarily count as, like, just a novel. It's like people talking about how great Bioshock Infinite would be if there were no fighting. You know, it's like, like what if there was a visual novel with no graphics uh, or, no, or no sound? What if it was, like, just a, a choose-your-own-adventure story? So I started writing one of those, and then I was like, I'm just going to make this a normal book. And then I had a previous novel that I was writing. Uh, I was using some open source uh, wiki software to write a novel that was a Wikipedia. It was like a Wikipedia in, in and of itself, which I think is a really cool thing. I got like 30% of the way done with it, and then I was like, this is going to take years to make it perfect. But, uh, man, yeah, I really want to play some... I really don't see why we can't have... Uh, choose-your-own-adventure-novel websites that are video games. I mean, I, I, I would not hesitate to call them video games if it's a if there's choices in a decision. Yeah. But uh, I, I really want to see some, some novels that are websites that are twine games, you know? Like, I, I want to see some of those, more of those, on a wider range of topics. Just like when I played Bioshock Infinite, I felt really sad because why can't there be ten games that are this big every year on different topics by different authors that uh, I you know don't have to necessarily play you know this is the triple a game for you this year you know like yeah. I don't that's I think, a lot of information but yeah that's what I think about I, I really like that idea but I I think my personal issue with it would be not liking to read stuff on my computer so much mm-hmm. um, I feel like if twine had an iPad app that I could save progress in, mm-hmm. that would be a thing that I could... That, uh, would, that would be a hot prospect, is what that would be. Yeah, I would be all up in that business. And it's also I, interesting to hear that, because, like, my preference might be the opposite. Like, I, I... And it's probably the more popular preference. I kind of like the idea of Twine games just being these short little... I don't know, like, when I consume content in a web browser, I expect it to not take me more than, like, you know, 10 minutes max. And uh, I'm more interested in seeing Twine games that 
can trick my brain into having an experience and thinking that I actually did something in like five minutes or less with like a series of, of, of tweet length uh, pages. Uh, yeah. I'm ready for a 45 minute long experience of that type. GPD, any uh, thoughts on Twine before I ring the bell? I uh, I've never heard of it before, but oh really? I'm very oh interested. man, it's Get really cool. When I was younger, you know, I'm I'm old now. Sure. I used to make text adventure games on my yeah. uh, Texas Instruments 994A. Yeah. Nice. In basic, in basic, right? That's what you did, um, and it was a lot of fun. But of course, it's fucking tedious, especially when you're eight. Yeah, and you don't really know what you're doing. Um, so this is really cool, and I certainly grew up playing all the text adventure games, and that's what we hit. You know, in my day, we didn't have any graphics. Yeah, we well, had choose uh, your own adventure books. This, I love those books too. Yeah, I got a lot of too. those. This is kind of the cheapest games come. They're uh, cheap to make and uh, cheap to play. Uh, so it seems kind of like your mo. You do. You should do it. You should do oh, it. Yeah. It's your mo. Yeah. I don't know that I have the, the skills. So, uh, wait, I'm going to announce this publicly while I can. Sure. Um, the, the Twine game that I want to make is uh, I want to port Milo, the unreleased uh, Lionhead <laughs> game, to yes. Twine. And um, I need someone to uh, hopefully really poorly render a little boy in 3D and pose it how I want it. You know who you yeah, can yeah. actually get to do that if you tried really hard? Is uh, Peter Molydew. Yeah? Oh, yeah. He's a 3D artist. I think oh. we've got people listening who would do it uh, before the end of this podcast. They could. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's why I wanted to say it. So, Is like, Gilbert like, Smith yeah. listening? Gilbert Smith, do it, man. Yeah, I'm the horn, Gil. I'm uh, really poorly done. Frank, if you, uh, if I actually happen to know what happens in the game Milo. Me too, because it was on Polygon. Oh, is it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, I talked to a developer of it, and I managed to uh, extract some some very juicy information. I don't read websites, so, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna very accurately port it and be very serious about it and and uh, very respectful, except not so, at all. Oh, that's cool. So so my my review of Bioshock. I'm gonna finish what I'm saying. My review of Bioshock <laughs> was uh, was like, there's a guy in front of you. His back is turned. Do you shoot him in the head with your pistol? Do you launch uh, crows at him with your fingertips? Do you electrocute him? And then, no matter what you choose, it leads to it's just he's dead. You know, you move on, and there's more airships and stuff. And it's just uh, that was basically it. It was indicating how stupid the choices are in the game. I like Is it that. Indicating or indicating? It's indi- <laughs> it's indicating. Indicating. Here's our next topic. Okay. Wait. Hideo Kojima's in the news again. Oh, that no. guy. Hideous on the, Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> on the scale of 0 to 100, how many percents more or less likely are you to play a game after its creator describes it as erotic? Hmm. <laughs> Who's the creator? Of, how I mean, how many it's... percentages less likely am I? Or more. More or less. Ah. Uh, <laughs> man. Know, it's, it's, it's tough because my, my knee jerk... My knee-jerk reaction was zero percent more likely, but I don't think that's actually true because I think if eroticism is n- not done in games basically at all, there's like there's there's smut and there's mm-hmm. uh, there's you know there's there's TNA, but eroticism is not really a thing 
except I don't know, maybe an analog love story. Um, right, and that's why but, that's why I said that's why I said who's saying that? You know, like yeah, if Kojima, Kojima says eroticism, then no. When when Kojima says eroticism, well, okay, let's let's go ahead and turn this around and say which game creator would you be interested in making a game that such creator would describe as erotic? Would Any you play, woman? Would Daphne. you play? What yeah. about Fumito Ueda? If Fumito Ueda said that the the Last Guardian is an erotic story, <laughs> would you be interested in that? I think I would be weirded out by that. I think I wouldn't like that. But if if Daphne Daphne Drusilla David wanted to make an erotic game, I would look at that and and maybe I would understand something about human beings that I didn't yeah. understand before. Exactly. I think. Yeah, uh, I think any Japanese man who said he's making an erotic game, <laughs> I would adjust my percentage down uh, 50%. For Kojima, oh, it's, it's down 50%. It's, uh, Kojima, I don't want to imagine Kojima having intercourse, much less jerking off. So to, to look at this video game, and uh, the, the character he describes as erotic, she's got like, like, like a thong wedged up in her buttocks, and she's got like ripped stockings. And, and it's like a weird, term. like, metal thong or something. Yeah, her her entire outfit. I, yeah. I did a visual image on her on her outfit. On, you on did? Yeah. Outfit. I'm okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. I can, based on, on using my wife as a barometer, I could fit her entire wardrobe in the palm of my hand and close it. It's just <laughs> a pair. It's a thong. It's a tiny bikini top. And it's a pair of ripped stockings. And, and a, a gun holster, but I don't know. That, that doesn't really count as clothing. God, that's yeah. so erotic. So that's it. And you I can fit all those things in your hand and just close Does it. Kojima consider a gun holster clothing? That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> but did you see his tweets, his follow-up yeah. tweets on oh, that? Oh, yeah, that was so yeah. weird. He was saying, like, there's a reason she dresses like this. And you then, know, like... No, and you're going to feel ashamed about it. Yeah, he you, was telling... Yeah, yeah. He was telling me that I'm going to be was, uh, you know, yeah. The, uh, we're the, ones. the uh, production title for Metal Gear Solid Five was actually A Fistful of Fabric. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. That's a good joke. Yeah. That's not true. I'm, I'm still trying to think about what creator I What about Keita Takahashi? I was about to say Keita sure. Takahashi. Keita Takahashi, maybe. Um, I, think, I think if uh, if Michael Bro wanted to do an erotic game, I would wonder what the heck that's going to be. Hmm. Shigeru Miyamoto. If Shigeru Miyamoto had something to say about <laughs> I would definitely want to play that. Yeah. That would go up 100. Shigeru Miyamoto is one of those people, you hear him say two or three words, and you, you just know down from the bottom of your heart that his children are all test tube babies, you know? Yeah. yeah. I well, what, so I'd be really interested. When, when, yeah. when Miyamoto is like, my wife won't play this game with me. And that and that's the erotic game that he's created. I mean, so oh, that that I would mean, that would definitely be the one that she. I, I I mean Miyamoto bases his games on his hobbies. What if he starts going to a lot of uh, eyes wide shut style sex parties? He's gonna go to Soapland. Is what he's gonna go to. So oh, gonna... the old Soapland. The old uh, Soapland. Soapland. I never I never went to a Soapland. I lived in the the richest. Uh, Soapland District in Japan for like three years, and I, I never went to one. I feel like an I idiot. But uh, okay, one guy who never said his games were erotic is Tomonobu Itagaki. He never tried to pretend that his plastic, uh, identically faced, uh, balloon-breasted ladies were erotic in any way. Indeed. So good on that guy. 
Yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> in some in some way he never he never never leveled the word erotic in the direction of those games. I want, I want to see the the next uh, next Gears of War be an erotic game where just all of those bus shaped humans. I've got it. I've actually got it. I've got the answer. There's yeah. only one man who can make an erotic video game. His previous video games have been about a jetpack, a Ferrari. A fighter jet and uh, martial arts. It's Yu Suzuki. Yu Suzuki. That's the only no. guy who could say I'm making an erotic video game, and I'll go. Oh, all right, let's. Uh, I, I'd put my. I would put my beholding glasses on, and I would click on the link, and I would read the preview. Is what I would do. An erotic arcade action game. I would play. Yeah, yeah. If if he said it. That's that's pers- that's interest two hundred percent up. It's the only guy I want to see making erotic video. I guess he did make Shenmue though. Tim, Shenmue did you ever was... meet a Japanese guy that you thought was like, oh, this guy's probably like pretty romantic. Like he's probably a good boyfriend. Or a good oh husband. man, so yes, yes, <laughs> but but uh, it, he was such an overwhelmingly tiny percentage of the humans of his type that I met that uh, an exact person sticks out in my mind. I have yeah. to like generalize like that because I'm what, sure. What, yeah, let's move on before we get super yeah. racist. Wait, I think <laughs> I whoa! See, now you're the one using the word racism. Like me and Cheapy D here are conversing as people with long time life experience living in Japan, and uh, it, it's culture. It's not. It's not race. We're talking about culture. Okay, to be perfectly clear, there's there's a certain there is a certain dearth of romanticism in male culture in Japan, and it's it's uh, pretty well accounted for. You know, there's pretty there's obvious. statistics and numbers. There's a ask any real estate agent in Tokyo; they'll tell you that like more than sixty percent of married couples having a, an apartment built uh, want two bedrooms, right? You know this, cheapy, don't you? I didn't it's, know that, but I I know that when you go to a hotel here, it's actually difficult to find a, a king-size bed as opposed to two separate two, beds in a room. Yes, yes. Even I, I, on my honeymoon, we went on a honeymoon in Japan, and it was <laughs> like our room didn't have two separate beds. It's, huh. it's culture. It's culture. So this is yeah. when, we're, when we're saying Hideo Kojima wants to be erotic, and that's, that seems strange. Uh, that's, that's, where, that's where I'm coming from when I, when I said all the stuff that I said. During the previous I think just topic. The, the, the place that women have in society here is even worse than in the in the, in the West. Uh, but having having like, met you, Suzuki, and you, Brandon's met you, Suzuki, I'd say that guy's pretty cool. Even mm-hmm. though Shenmue's uh, appropriation of romance is pretty weird, All right. it's like. It's like rubbing your GI Joes against one another. Yes. Also, we, we, Rio, we please clearly, don't go. Okay. Uh, we clearly uh, wanted this question. I have one more quick thing to say, which is that one more I quick think, thing to say. I think Kimura could totally do it. Oh, Yoshiro Kimura, yeah. the, the maker of Chulip. Yeah, I Chulip. would play. I would play an erotic, uh, an erotic Kimura adventure. He could yeah. call it erotic King's story. Yes. You know, I, I'm actually realizing that I am more interested in. Uh, a Japanese man's erotic games than like than anyone else because like I'm thinking yeah Keita Takahashi and Shigeru Miyamoto or those are the two guys who yeah. want to see like their take on an erotic video game and then the answer after that is is like any woman ever <laughs> it's my next answer. the uh, the Japanese cultural stereotype being that they are restrained businessmen as I experienced in my uh, my excursions uh, that were related to hard 
loud Japanese noisy rock music, I realize that the people who are not the norm are really cool. So, yeah, I would hang out with a really coolly made Japanese erotic video game. But the ones that do exist are all kind of sad and weird. And if anybody out there knows any cool Japanese existing erotic games, let me know. I've never jerked off to a video game, but I'm willing to try. So, <laughs> okay. I've never jerked off to anything video game related ever. What do you? I got one for a going away present. When I quit my real job to move to Japan, one of my coworkers had a disc of like hentai games. Word, they were, word, and they were translated in English, and they were they were horrible. I mean, I see, I they were disturbing, disturbing. I want, I want I one that is a, could do what it. I, what I'm looking for is something that's a little bit thought provoking. Yeah, but this anyway, wasn't yeah, it. We're talking erotic, not pornographic. Yeah, this was porno. Yeah, it, it, uh, uh, hey, eroticism can be pornographic. It's okay. It's sure. it's okay. There, that's mm. a line that is okay to cross sometimes, depending on how well you do it. Anyway, we should go to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Yu Suzuki, this might already pre-enter the question, but uh, me Suzuki or <laughs> yeah. Yu Suzuki the guy, uh, the editorial Yu. Suzuki. That was the best joke. Yes, that was good. If he had a, motor- uh, okay. a Suzuki motorcycle, it would have been even better. Uh, uh, Suzuki. Our listener Kyle Robinson asks, "What is okay, the best are. jetpack in video games?" Best jetpack in video games. That's a tough one. <sighs> That's really tough. It's, uh, definitely I, not, it's not the one in Super Mario Sunshine. No. That's not a jetpack, though. That's a jet water pack. And it's actually, that's wow. a pretty good pack. Water uh, jetpack? I just played the balls off of uh, Shadows of the Empire the other day. And uh, I really like that Gaul spaceport level where you have the, the jetpack. Uh, I think that jetpack's really good. And they do some fun jetpack stuff. Jetpack is with really it. good. Yeah. I mean, they I saw that some... for the first time in your house, but that's oh, yeah. one of my so favorite jetpacks. They, they have some big, big, it's mostly level design related. They have some huge. Campbell's chunky soup that eats like a meal fun with that jetpack because the the levels are all this uh, I think it's they did like additive geometry which is not how they do 3D levels now but there's like giant things like mountains that you have to jump off of and you like got to float yourself down and then you go into a little hole in the side of the mountain there's stuff that this is sounding like an erotic game but uh there's there's just stuff that they were doing with early 3D that was just really fun in that game, and I like it. Uh, I I think, well, Rocket Knight Adventures has a pretty good jetpack because um, it makes you speedy. It's more uh, used like a like a dash. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> does Jumping Flash have? I guess that's not really a jetpack. Jumping Flash it, would be a good nominee for best jumping, but. I mean, does it have to be like represented visually as a jetpack? Because I think uh, Yoshi's Jump in Yoshi's Island is my favorite jetpack. Hmm. That's a pretty okay jetpack, if you want to call it that. The one yeah. jetpack that doesn't win is the Jetpack Joyride jetpack. Oh, That's certainly true. not. Okay. Uh, my, my favorite jetpack is the jetpack in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I was about to say that's a pretty decent jetpack. San right Andreas? There. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas. No, the, answer, the answer to this question is tribes. You can use either the original PC one or the remake. I mean, the whole gameplay is based on tri- on the jetpack. Without the jetpack, yeah. there's no game. Tribes has a really fantastic jetpack where you're flying on a jetpack and shooting, and uh, it feels really, really cool. But yeah, it's, it's also true. about how you land into the exactly. into the valleys and ski. So they've yeah. got that whole mechanic going on. 
it's really all about main. That jetpack is all about maintaining your forward momentum at all costs. Uh, and, I mean, and you can totally screw up, but if you do well, you're just you're shooting up into the air, and then you're coming down into these valleys, and you're you're tiny wingsing these parabolas, exactly. and it's uh, it's it's pretty good. So I think I might agree with tribes. I guess the that's the only. players are amazing when you watch these dudes. Like they've yeah. memorized every valley on the map, and they just know how to exactly how high to go and when to come down. It's, it's, it's crazy what people can do with that thing. It it feels like the only certainly feels like the only video game where the jetpack is really super thoughtfully designed. So yeah, it's, it was a centerpiece of that design. Yeah. I guess try. You played the the remake, the free to play. It's good. It's, it's sweet. Yeah. I watched people that are better than me play it, which is probably better than playing it myself. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, I got the idea for how it feels. Yeah, the and learning curve is like that, basically, yeah. in terms of yeah. maximizing speed. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a game having something like that, requiring some sort of artful mastery to play it. Where, mm-hmm. I mean, especially for a game of that type, there's a lot of these FPSs where it's just, you know, the movement isn't necessarily... Just like fundamental movements, not necessarily a skill, so much as knowing the geometry and pointing and shooting and knowing the guns and all that. I like yeah, the idea of those okay. Tribes games. I like them Tribes games. I have never played them competitively because I've only ever been able to play them with people who are a lot better than me. So, yep, It's still fun. The they make it still fun even if you're shitty because you can be in different roles and still get points. Like I, I suck at it, but it's still fun. You're probably better than me, GBD. What what other jetpacks are there in video games? Though? I mean, I, what I like about the San Andreas jetpack is that it uh, kind of underscores the uh, ramp of uh, narrative progression that you make through the game, where you go from this uh, uh, just kind of street <laughs> street level hood, um, uh, make, uh, just uh, trying to survive in uh, the urban jungle story to just uh, stealing... Uh, Guy with a jetpack robbing yeah. a casino in yeah, Las Vegas. You can, yeah, you've got... And you fly back home across the map, across 10 miles of uh, in-game scenery on your jetpack with a submachine gun in each hand. Uh, go back and... Uh, fi- go back and face that, like, one gang that was giving you so much trouble at the beginning of the game and just paint... But now you have a jetpack. Yeah, and, you, and from the sky, raining death from above, you paint the whole map green. And I that's why you it, don't mess with Grove Street. Yeah. I always thought it would be cool if in a Grand Theft Auto game, just like... And I know the Saints Row games go crazy and get funny, but, uh, like, it would be cool if they, they went just, like, totally balls to walls in a Grand Theft Auto game and... At near the end of the game, you get like turned into Superman for like the final mission, like and you're just like a guy who can fly with superpowers. Because I guess well, that's, my, that's what Crackdown's that's, about, basically. Well, well yeah, but, but the whole games are built around those, though. I thought it would be cool if it's like a dead serious game, but you're Superman at the end. You know? Oh, like Crackdown! You're Crackdown! You're just a guy who jumps a whole lot. I think the the jetpacks in Titanfall are cool, where they assist your jump. Mm. You get that. That, um, that Call of Duty, which one? Three, I guess. Uh, where in the in the credits you're essentially on the plane during 9/11. Oh that yeah, was, that one. That was a total bizarre joke. That's yeah. Kind of tasteless at the end of the game, uh, and I didn't really like it that time. But who knows? Okay, we can move on. 
thought it was Speak- just a... Speaking of the Grand Theft Auto... Like a plane. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V is purported to be the most costly video game of all time, with a budget of $226 million. If you had to sink $1 billion into the production of a single video game in a scheme not dissimilar to a Brewster's Million scenario, what would it be like? So wait, what, I, I was completely lagging out during the whole first half of this question. All I heard was $226 million. Uh, you have, just... Yeah, you have to sink $1 billion with a B into the yeah. production of a single video yeah, game. Yeah, that's, yeah, I heard that, but I mean... Yeah, what, so what, 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 what you was... didn't hear is that Grand Theft Auto V is rumored to have cost $226 million. million. Okay. A billion dollars. You have to spend a billion dollars? Yeah. Well, huh. first of all, I give myself a $900 million salary. Right. It has to go into the game. Oh, okay. There's no tricks. But I, co- I cost money to make the game. <laughs> right. So what you want to do is you need to figure out a way that there's a, any possibility that you could make your money back on this, which is going to be hard. So what oh, you're do going I have to? to? Do, do I have to make Well, I mean, money? don't you want no. to make the money uh, back? No. No, you just have to spend the billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, now you're speaking okay. my language. Do, well, why, no. don't, why don't I make the, like, the longest episodic game ever? This game is going yeah. to go on for a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, because you have... No, no. I'm doing it. I mean, that's this is my idea. I want to do this. Uh, like, make the longest episodic game, and, and I'm... You know, we're, we're going to set up the framework, and then we're just going to keep spending money on this game every month for 100 years. You, yeah, that's, each episode can... Well, not 100 years. I was, I was thinking you scale it down a, a bit, but spend a million dollars on each episode. Mm-hmm. And just have a thousand episodes, and that's a lot of episodes of whatever this is. Okay, so you guys are trying to be funny, but uh, I've got a real <laughs> funny. I've got a legitimate answer. It's it's not a, it's not a joke, but it's also uh, what do you call it? It's 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 a technicality, is what it is. Yeah, it's like, I think you're supposed to spend a billion dollars to make one game such yeah, as Grand Theft Auto. Go, go ahead and make your better answer. I hope here's my right. better answer. Here's how you spend a billion dollars. If Grand Theft Auto Five costs two hundred twenty-six million, and it only has the city of Los Angeles in it, you just make a Grand Theft Auto Six that has Los Angeles, New York, London, and Tokyo in it. Let's just there make it go. in the world. Make it That's in it for, the whole world. Four cities, or the whole world, you know, if you want to do the whole world. There you go. That's a billion dollars. That's four times the, the size for the same project. Dude, I don't know what the... I don't know what my game would be, but I would spend most of that money on lots and lots of art. I'd just make the most detailed game anyone has ever seen. Yeah. Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen with its... Uh, its you can't like rotate the camera outside. Oh, of you could rotate the camera in this game, and yeah, you're, it's like Final Fantasy Thirteen, but you can rotate the camera. It would be well. What I would do, what I would do, is build a city, not necessarily to scale, kind of Grand Theft Auto style, but just go hyper detailed with like meaty stuff in it, and yeah. uh, I, that's oh, how I'd spend stuff. the first, you know, like two years and like. You know, uh, 100 million, I guess, of, of that budget. And, Go ahead. Oh, well, well, my point is, like, I would just keep building this world and iterating on the world and figuring out what the game is later. You know what I mean? Like, I would, but I would start with that vision that 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 uh, Tim has shared before that that I totally agree with. That I wish that 
something like a Grand Theft Auto Five City was just open source that people could make games off of. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would just start by making that city and then make a game, you know, based on it or in it, uh, or maybe even an episodic game, and then uh, go from there, maybe even license it out. I, I actually know exactly what I would want to make, um, and it would cost a lot of money, and it's lucky that I don't have to make the money back because it wouldn't. Um, I have always wanted, every, like I, I've said this a bunch of times, but every time I'm playing like Uncharted 3 or <clears throat> any of these really attractive games, I feel like I wish I could just explore and climb around and look for relics and do this kind of stuff in this world instead of having to kill anybody. There could be some competitive elements to it and some strenuous things and things that fall apart, like like mountains that collapse or whatever, but just make this huge world that you can just explore and find things in and go around and discover stuff and just have a huge... Employ all of the... Uh, all of the art outsourcing studios of the world and a whole bunch yeah, of totally. art directs and get Absolutely. giant, giant like, secret worlds that you can discover and and find things in. That would be super fun for me, and it would probably cost a billion dollars. It would probably be persistent world. online, too, yeah. I'd imagine. GPD, can you perceive spending this much money? <laughs> it seems like when I think of like any game that I'd want to make, like the dollar amount is not really in the equation to me. Uh-huh. But if you give me a billion dollars, I feel like I would need to try to make it successful. So what I would do is I would, I would make a single ESPN sports game that includes all the major sports, okay? And we would oh. get the exclusive license for every oh, major sport, and it would be like a whole. It would be like Sports Center. We could just yeah. call it ESPN Sports Center. And you have everything there. And I don't really care about sports anyway, but I feel like that's the only shot you have of possibly not being embarrassed <laughs> by your success of your I'll greenlight your idea if you shorten the name to just sports. Yeah, <laughs> how about sports game? Or how about ESPN? The, sports, the okay. only sports game. The only sports game that you can buy. <laughs> that's the title. All right. The sports. The sports. Yeah, I, I so... That's an idea from all of us. I think we did a pretty good job spending that billion. Nice. Uh, well, yeah. Here's, here's, here's our next topic. Uh, independent of developer pedigree, what feature or features do you have to hear a video game includes for it to it for it to immediately register on your to playlist? Oh, uh, big boobies is one of them for me. <laughs> No, that's a joke. Yeah, I, I, Hideo Kojima has to call it erotic yeah. for me to want it. And well, I, I don't play games for, for features. I don't know. Yeah. That's a really hard question to answer because I, I don't play but it for a... features. I play it for, uh, you know, the. the I, this is going to sound stupid, but the, the, I play games for the, the heart and soul put into them and not for, not for the features. I, I think if it, says, if, if it says for some reason in the bullet points, like 2D... Side scrolling. You've got a sword. There are rooftops. They're nice. Rooftops. Sunsets. Yeah. You're like, all right, rooftops and sunsets. <laughs> you don't, but you don't need to hear those to to have it on your radar. But I, I agree with you. If I saw those bullet points, then yeah, I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. Right. Yeah. But but the question was, what bullet points do you need to see? I know one on bullet point Frank needs. What's that? Zelda. <laughs> no, just kidding. I did play two Zelda games, so I must be a really big fan. There's got to be some sort of feature overlap. Uh, 
in between games that you like. What, oh, there what, are, but none of them are necessary for me. And to you probably play. don't look, right? Do you even look to see, like, you don't look at the back of a box anymore, right? I mean... No, I don't. But I can tell you the features that I like, like my dream games have jumping around, being in cities, and talking to people. Like, that's my dream game. Mm-hmm. Like, like, but that's not the question. Yeah, hangout games. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I love hangouts. I yeah, love if hanging out in a game. hangout game as a bullet point, I would uh, I would be interested in that. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I, I would be interested in that. But again, not mandatory. Is there is there a mandatory bullet point for any of us in the house? Mandatory. Fun. But fun. I, I wouldn't believe it. Not even. Not even. I've played some great games that weren't fun. Yeah, that's I, true. I played some fun games that weren't great. So. <laughs> Me too. Heck yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's possible because the the only things that'll really nothing's. I don't think anything's required because we 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 can we can enjoy different kinds of things. But also, the only thing that really gets me kind of interested is if if it's like ah, treasure is making a new thing. Treasure's one. We're trying a different thing, and uh, like I'll I'll look at that. So, I I, no. I think pedigree is way more important. Right. Yeah. That that was kind of the caveat I started with, guys. So uh, I know, <laughs> independent of the developer. What if it's yeah. uh? What about like, hmm, if it's character? What? If, okay, so this isn't a developer, but like character designs by a person. Like, what if it's like? Still, he, he still said it, that still counts as developer pedigree. Yeah, I think so. I think I think the answer is that I don't think there is a a, a bullet point that is mandatory. You yeah, like I mean, strategy I, games, don't you, Brandon? Strategy games, yeah, I like them. Turn-based. Yeah, but he'll strategy. play games that aren't strategy. He'll play anything. Yeah, I'll play, I'll play other play ones anything. too, though. So it's it's not. I think there maybe maybe mandatory bullet points. The only ones I can think of are jokey things like doesn't delete your save at the end or doesn't charge <laughs> you. Hey, hey, hey! I hey, one of my favorite games doesn't have that bullet point. Oh, yeah, I yeah. know. I know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if somebody tells me that a game is frustrating, that is a negative, a reverse bullet point, which will completely turn me off, and I'll never try the game, probably. But would the marketing people put that word? No. <laughs> so that's, that's the problem. Right. What, so let's look at these games I've got on my shelf up here. I've got Max Payne 3. I've got Red Dead Redemption. I've got uh, Kane and Lynch Dog Days. Halo 4, Grand Theft Auto 4, Gears of War 3. So they're all sequels. Sequels. Uh, so a bullet point, uh, next installment in the hit franchise. Uh, uh, I guess I have a lot of these open world games. I have a lot of games set in real-ish worlds. Like, but it's not mandatory. Not mandatory. What's like, not mandatory? That this question is impossible because... Yes. Like, I think well, the only mandatory... The only mandatory thing for me would be come comes out for a system I own and can immediately play on. I have that, I have a good one. That's pretty it's, good. Uh, written by the famous anybody who's not involved in the game industry. Is it mandatory? By, you won't you won't you won't play a game that doesn't say that. To be perfectly honest, uh, I am pretty. Uh, what do you call it? Pretty aggressively stingy with my time these days when it comes sure. to entertainments. So I don't know. Yeah, again, I, I think maybe we shouldn't try to answer this question one hundred percent to the yeah. letter. 
But uh, something that would make me very, very likely to play a game is just knowing that it's written by somebody who did not get their start writing uh, uh, quest logs in a social game, which is what that most does, of these games are. That, that scares me off when that happens, because I just assume, like, well, they don't actually know how to write video games, which is a completely different style of writing, so this might actually end up being terrible. It is uh, a different style of writing, but... Uh, I mean, when you look down at the number of people, the the types of people who have written stories in in video games, like I don't know, I don't want to generalize too much, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it it worries me too, Frank. But also, you really like that uh, Mother series, and Itoi yep. definitely didn't start out as a video game writer. Oh yeah, no, it's true, and um, no, he's just a really good writer. Um, yeah. You know, most of the time when this happens, it's like, you know, THQ hired. A film writer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, oh, okay. Was that it? Yeah, that's it. That was that a real. Was that was some floundering we had there. We floundered a little bit. That's All okay. right. Uh, what is currently the best video game series, which consistently releases new iterations on an annual basis? Oh man, what? So well, what are the annual series games? Madden. Currently, uh, there's Madden, uh, Call Assassin's of Duty, Creed, Call of Duty, 2K. Uh, oh, that 2K. That 2K. Yeah. <laughs> that Madden. Uh, that 2K. That Madden. That right. Call of Duty. That Assassin's Creed. Man, how did Assassin's Creed become a yearly franchise? How did that happen? They started making a lot it. of money. I guess, and you know, you know why they make a lot of money? Because it's just a big game. With a veneer of sophistication, fantastic graphics, and I mean, really, really, really good graphics. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is that what it takes? The veneer of sophistication. It has sort of a sort of a quirky setting because it's uh, what time period is it going to be in this year? You know. I think the only Pirates other now. annual franchise is uh, Infinity Blade. Man, Infinity Blade <laughs> can't really count. Sonic is seems to have one game a year. That's an, I, I can't really call that an an, an nah. annual franchise. What um, else is there? There's got to be something King, else. King of Fighters used to be an annual franchise. Yeah, yeah it's current, it, though. it would be the best if it was. I'm going to go ahead and say, despite my preference to uh, consuming an entire raw newspaper versus playing an Assassin's Creed game. I would mm-hmm. give it to Assassin's Creed here just on principle because the too. games have different plots and different yeah, themes, different cities and stuff every year. And none it, of them it, seem to be, like, bad. Have no, you played yeah, the last one, like the most recent one? Did you like it? Did you play yeah. it? I, I made about four, about four hours into it. The, what, the what problem is if you release a new one of these every year and you don't really change it all that much... It just like it's tiring. These are long games. They take a lot of time, and you know I'm I'm sort of optimistic about the new one because you're on a pirate ship, and that was probably like the coolest part of the last game was the like the sea battles, because yeah. uh, it was new, totally new, and they actually did a nice job putting it together. Um, but I just couldn't even make it. It's just so the story is like just ha- heavy-handed, and it's long, and you couldn't even get five hours into it. But I yeah, would say. I- the, the hockey games that, that EA puts out this year now have been very high quality. Unlike Madden, which like the new one just came out and it got really shitty scores, uh, the hockey yeah, that, game really good. 
Um, I'm only half joking when I say uh, the best annual series might be WWE. Uh, Oh, are those those by Ukes still? I I think so. I don't know who develops them, but I know that the uh, character creator has provided hours and hours and hours of fun. Yeah, that's true. You can make Ronald McDonald in there. Is it WWE? I thought it was Wowee. It's the... Wowee! What if Nintendo Black did Ops a... is still pretty good. I mean, the Call of Duty games, like I, I don't play them, but they're not that. They're, they're still good. Like they they don't fuck them up. <laughs> they're they're made um... really really solid. They've got their pipeline down. People like to hate on them because they come out every year, but they sure do come out with one that's. Uh, I don't I don't want to say whether they're better than the previous ones or not, but. Uh, Slightly different I mean, from. You'll see everybody on Twitter going, this is the best one yet. The best one yet. Just every year, because the marketing yeah. gets them every year. So that's they cool. They make them so you can just jump in on the multiplayer, and even if, like, you know, I'm not good, and I don't play a lot at all. I barely play at all. But you can still have, like, a solid half hour, just even if you suck, it just because it's the game works well, and it's fa- getting the games fast. And, you know, nobody's calling you names, usually. It's, it's pretty good. I uh, I got called names the last time I played a game online. On it Xbox? Was really, yeah, on the Xbox. It was really Xbox sad. Xbox is bad, yeah. You got to play it on... You got to play with friends is what you've got to do. I would say that I would be cool with... Okay, let's talk about what the games we would like to be uh, annual franchises. Games which are not annual franchises, but you wouldn't mind it if they were. I wouldn't mind it... If Nintendo made a new new Super Mario Brothers uh, game every year with like just new levels, I wouldn't mind that because they could do it. Would you rather that than just digital delivery of new content? Uh, well, seeing as Nintendo doesn't seem to really want to do, they did that new Super Luigi thing yeah. recently because it and, is the year of Luigi. Yeah, it it actually looks pretty cool because the levels are all 100 seconds. They're meant to be played very fast, and it's like yeah. way harder than the last new Super Mario. If they just did that every year, you know, it's just 30 bucks. I'd, I'd buy that. 30 bucks a year, why not? This is kind of, uh, it's, it's a, I mean, there, this, there isn't a game that exists that I want to push this into, but I would definitely play a yearly uh, tactics game that continued a, a long, like, novel-length story. Yeah. Um, like a like an epic kind of a war situation yeah. happening. I would definitely play like a, a fun tactics game that has a very smooth system. I would play a yearly installment of that. It would sure. have to have really good writing though. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I was good. I mean, that's basically what I was going to say, which is that I would like there to be a uh, serialized uh, episodic game that comes out uh, in a new season every year that I actually want to play. Like Captain uh, think, What Seriously? if Rockstar made a uh, made a yeah. new a new Grand Theft Auto episode, like a good ten hour episode every year? That'd be cool. I mean, I I that. I'd, 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 I'd get over it pretty quickly, but um, I mean, would or would you? What if it not, was? Yeah. Because the idea is they've built this city in the game. On rock and roll. <laughs> they built the city. They built it on rock and roll because they are rock star. Right. Right. They they build this giant city and they they made a couple Grand Theft Auto four episodes. What if they would just make one of those every year and charge twenty bucks for it? I'd I'd, 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 I'd for it. 
Because the development cost is obviously low enough. They could just sell it on a disc every year if they wanted. Yeah, I would be totally about GTA being an annual series in that capacity. I could play a gay Tony every year. Yeah, um, I would I would play a different gay Tony every year if I if if uh, given the option. If you had to permanently take on the diet of one named video game protagonist. Whoa. 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 Uh, who eats vegetables? <laughs> Probably it's some sort of a cow. A cow character? Is there? A cow? Oh, it has to be a named character, though. Is that? Yeah. Is that what it was, Jeff? Yeah, because then you would be like, oh, I'd I'd take on the diet of a sim and eat whatever. I... No, you're not doing. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So I think me and Brandon both would not want to be. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, we would not want to be Super Mario. Right. Yeah. Mushrooms are gross. I couldn't because be mushroom. All he eats is meat. Yeah. Does, uh, does uh, uh, Takahashi Machin, uh does he eat meat in Adventure All he eats is fruit. All he yeah. eats is fruit, so I was going to say that's good. But yeah. I wouldn't want to have to eat a whole pineapple in less than one second. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> that would freak me out. So how <laughs> about this? Get this. The protagonist of Earthbound, at the beginning of the game, you choose your favorite food, and his name is Ness. Oh. oh. He has a name. I can just say pizza, and then every restaurant I go to, I can order pizza. <laughs> how about that? Oh, that's pretty good, Tim. Did I, no, did you, I... can't, you, can't, you can't order the favorite food. Well, there's some restaurants where they mention it. There's places in the game where they will mention, oh, we've got pizza here. There's pizza. Right, but you can't buy it. I think you only get it from mom. Uh, unless you actually you do go to your pizza, mom. In which, in which case you can order from mock pizza anyway. Yeah, there you go. I'd go to my mom's house and just order pizza yeah. from my mom. I've prepared <laughs> to, you wake and if up you're and far from I'm, home, you just call mock pizza and it's there. Yeah. I've prepared some pizza for you, mom says when you wake up. That, that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. Um, so I guess also I don't want to don't want to be the jerk who says the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I don't because <laughs> let's not talk mine. about. They're, they're oh, that's what you're gonna say? Yeah. I like pizza. Yeah, I like pizza as well. Yeah. You know what you should do if you like pizza is live in America. It's fantastic. <laughs> we have good pizza here. There well, is, there is, no, but it's like, don't. man, no, you don't. I know it's different. We used, to, we used to have a tasty time with Domino's Pizza in Japan, like once a week or so. We'd order a pizza and have a couple of pizzas and have a good old time. But man, you do it in America, it's like one eighth the I cost, know, and know, the pizzas are like five times as big. And oh you my god, it's amazing. You can get you can get a good slice of pizza on every corner in New York City, and in it's, Tokyo it's, you can't get a slice of pizza anywhere because they wait, only. Wait, what what happens to the Sbarro experiment? Sbarro is still in Shibuya. It's there. They still got it. Still they, got they, it. Just, I think they may have opened another. Uh, there was one in Kichi Joji last time I was there. Kichi oh, George. Okay. The Kitsch George. But uh, back to video games. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, w- I was trying to look up and see what. Nation Elena was from from Street Fighter Four because I thought Brazil. No, she, no, she's from an African nation, and I was hoping it I was, she was from Ethiopia, so that I could then choose that because Ethiopian food is pretty safe. But she's from yeah. Kenya, and I don't really know what their cuisine is like. Dalsim is a vegetarian. Dalsim. Oh, he's a vegetarian, yeah. and he's from India. There you go. Oh. That's it. That's it for me. Wait, Dalsim. who else? Who else is a vegetarian in video games? Yeah, it's hard to think of. There's um, like a bunch of them. There's somebody in King of Fighters is, uh, is a vegetarian. Gene from God Hand. He only eats floating fruit, right? 
Jane from Godhand. Pac-Man, well, no, he eats ghosts. Yeah. But Miss Pac-Man eats fruit, but then also those pellets. I don't know what those well, are. I don't think he eats the ghosts. I think he just bites them. Oh, I think he eats them. I think he eats the sheet, but not the ghost itself. I mean, yeah. you know, with the statistics show that you eat three ghosts in your sleep every night. <laughs> True. <laughs> so there's nothing you can even do about it. Yeah. Plus, you get pretzels. You get pretzels if you're Pac-Man, or do you have to be Miss Pac-Man? I can't remember. What does Sonic the Hedgehog eat? And I'm not chili dogs. I'm pretty sure he doesn't eat chili dogs. Yeah, he doesn't eat food in the game. That's not oh. canon. Did you know that that Sonic the Hedgehog show is on Netflix? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Man. The, the weird one. Yes, uh, yes. Yes, I know that from watching every episode of it on Netflix. Wait, the we- the weird weekday one is? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's only like 60 episodes of it, which is pretty That's awesome because they were just I'll watch that. just looped them for. <laughs> oh, you you should. It's pretty uh, bad, weird. I like it. I think Dalsim is the answer for me, 100%. Dalsim, because he talks about eating curries, and that's why he breathes fire breath because he, he can he yoga does, frame. Yeah, he does the yoga. <laughs> yoga the yoga frame is uh, his because he eats according to the the official Capcom books. Uh, he because he eats spicy curries. Mm-hmm. So, that's great. That's there's perfect. so much good food in Earthbound that I want to steal that answer. Yeah, there. Earthbound is, has lots of food. It, it's yeah. a game that's big on food. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go River City Ransom. There's a ton oh, of food in there. RCR, yeah. Yeah. You can eat like, whatever you want. In that like game. whole di- like different shops, all these different options, and I think there's even like a tea shop with different teas. I'm trying yeah. to think of some video yeah. games that are just where all you eat is ice cream. I know Uncle Scrooge eats ice cream and Ducktales, but I don't want Ducktales to count because. It's not a video game. Mega Man. I would I would eat Mega Man's diet. Uh, energy tanks, oil yeah. cans. No, no, no food at all. He's just a machine. He just he's powered up by those light crystals. I don't yeah, like food. No, no, no. You're not altering your physiology. You're just taking on this character's diet. I don't feel like that's too much of a physiological alteration. Right now, <laughs> I live on almonds, spinach, and egg whites. Literally. That's basically a sort of almost already a Mega Man diet, right? I guess. Is there a I'm name for dead. that diet? Is that like a superfoods diet or something? What's I have no idea what it is. You just made it up. It's, it's a diet that I devised myself a few years ago, and uh, right. I do it every. I mean, I don't do it all the time, but it's one of the things I subsist on. I used to buy it's big possible. bags of frozen edamame and just eat like eat that for dinner when I lived in New York. Oh man. I used to uh, I used to eat just edamame when I was in Japan. Yeah, it's good. They're good. Edamame, Filling. cabbage. Uh, hey, yeah. it's it's time to speed things up because we're what? just about at our lightning round. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to leave in three minutes, by the way, to pick up my son from school. Very good. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, this the uh, this week's theme is uh, called pitch meeting, where pitch I meeting. where I describe a game simply as blank meets blank. And you have to determine what that entails. Okay. I think we should let I think we should let Cheapy go now so that he doesn't miss picking up his kid. Then. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you for have th- thank you for being here, Cheapy. Is there anything you'd like okay. to plug or anything before you go? No. All right. Good. Well, I guess we'll see you around. <laughs> thank you. Oh man. Bye, Cheapy. Bye. Bye, Bye Cheapy. Lightning round is the fun part. Fun. Listen. I know. I'm sorry. Maybe you'll be back again someday. Who knows? Yeah, hey, I'm going to be in Tokyo next week, Cheapy D. Oh, you're Me coming too. for TGS. And so is Brandon. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Somebody let's hang it. out. Yeah, yeah we'll let's see you there. Let's eat a pizza. No, let's not eat a pizza. Let's eat a curry. Yeah. In Nakano, there's yeah. a good curry. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Bye. 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 Spicy curry. Like Dalsim. Spicy curry. Okay. okay. Anyway. 
All right, okay. here we go. Our lightning round. We begin with Mist meets F Zero. Mist meets F Zero. That's ridiculous. Wait, what? What are we supposed to do with it again? You're supposed to tell me what this game entails. Uh, so it's uh, it's you're, you're actually a mechanic that works on uh, futuristic hover pods, and um, you lost your wrench, so you have to find it. You have to hack them. There you it's go. A, you got it. It's a puzzle uh, game. Tiger Woods PGA Tour meets Time Crisis. Oh man! Okay. <laughs> uh, there's guys who are kicking golf or who are sh- uh, shooting golf balls at you, and you have to step on the foot pedal to duck between taking shots. And it and uses then, the and then when move. You, when you let go, do you whack at the balls that are coming at you? Uh, no. When you let go, you just yeah. stand back up. But if you get hit by an oncoming ball, you uh, you die. I was definitely thinking of the reverse game where you are Tiger Woods. And the city is under attack, and the only person that can save uh, the city is you and your caddy and his infinite supply of golf balls. And you you hide behind stuff. And when you come out, you have to swing as quickly as possible and uh, hit a ball into the uh, into the terrorists' faces, and then you save the city that way. Sambo de Amiga meets Fallout. Sambo de Amiga. So uh, it's the the, uh, the apocalypse has happened. Not really the apocalypse, but you know you're in a war torn nation, and, and you emerge uh, from the vault, and all you know is is playing the marimba, and uh, you have to go around and and uh, bring light back into the world with the power of music. Uh, yeah, or or possibly similar to the uh, the the no intelligence playthrough. You can only communicate through maraca sounds. <laughs> Uh, no dialogue. Zelda meets James Bond. Oh man! I'd play I want, that. I want, yeah, I want to play, play that. that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. That's the answer. Yeah, the answer is I play that. The, the <laughs> answer is uh, that's just that's a multi-million-dollar game property. That's, that's yeah. the game. <laughs> Gradius meets Final Fantasy. Oh man, oh, just a Final Fantasy game where the battle system is something other than picking stuff on menus. It's maneuvering and shooting. Yeah, yeah, I think. Oh, come uh, on. You could you could Panzer Dragoon Saga, uh, Gradius, and that would be a fun time. WayForward did an RPG like that, didn't they? Where the random battles were spaceship battles. Yeah. Did it, it suck? Sigma, Sigma Star Saga. Oh man, that did suck. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Lord, somebody sent me that. Uh, I I played that. Wow. Yeah, that was really bad. Uh, WarioWare meets World of Warcraft. Wario World of Warcraft, it would be called. <laughs> yes, it sure would. Uh, it would be it would be a massively multiplayer online RPG where instead of uh, hitting people uh, and standing there and watching your guy swing his knife, you you play little five second games, and uh, your success rate determines how much damage you do. It would be a pretty fun time. Uh, it would be, in other words, it would be World of Warcraft, but it would be fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate meets Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghost Balders. Ghost Balders is what it would be called. <laughs> oh boy, it's. Uh, I mean, Balders, it, it yes. would be a ghost, a Ghostbusters RPG is what it would be, and that's a yeah. pretty cool idea. Every every five minutes, there would be a choice to bust the ghost or to let him go, and you would have no way of telling if that was a moral choice or not. I would. I, I that I'm would be. Just that would say be. this is this is like not within the spirit of the question, but I would play a Ghostbusters Pokemon hybrid where Ghost you're Pokemon? collecting the ghosts and then you can use them in battles against other yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. I, I, I would play that. Uh, Tony Hawk meets Chrono Trigger. 
Oh my god. No, no, Trigger. You'd be skateboarding on a pirate ship. Yeah. Like on an actual pirate ship, and you'd be like skateboarding. You'd be like grinding on a cannonball as it goes to another pirate ship. And then you would go into a portal, and you would be grinding like along something else. Yeah, a, a dinosaur's back. Yeah. You'd be grinding along a brontosaur. Oh, and... man. I, I, I think we just found a way to rescue the Tony Hawk franchise, guys. Yeah, yeah time uh, traveling. Duke Nukem meets Professor Layton. Oh, man. Every puzzle. Just like hundreds of puzzles about breasts. Yeah. yeah we, and it's we, just we, like. Duke Nukem's hot for teaching. Just like. <laughs> just steal all the puzzles the way that Professor Layton stole them from a particular book series with consent they stole them so you just call level 5 and negotiate the puzzle rights and then just replace all of the items in the puzzle with boobs and bikini tops and strippers and stuff That's and it. just every, every time you make a move you know Duke Nukem is like yeah heck yeah always been on Duke Math Blaster meets Metal Gear Solid oh hard <laughs> Well, basically, you would take Math Blaster, and then you would make it completely uneducational about anything. So all yeah. of the answers would just be wrong. It would be like 2 plus 2. The, the correct answer would be like 3. And uh, that would, you know, because that's how Metal Gear Solid teaches you. The colleges. correct answer would be like uh, a, a bikini bottom. <laughs> bikini bottoms or bikini tops or breasts. Yeah. It would be very erotic. You'd call it sexy math, is what you'd call it. <laughs> Team Fortress meets Castlevania. Oh, Castlevania man. with hats. I would, it's Castlevania. just a, a, uh, It would just be an online, multiplayer, 3D, really, really tight deathmatch game that is not about guns. It's about awesome melee weapons. I'd play that. And it would and, be Castlevania-themed. And finally, Kingdom Hearts meets Silent Hill. Whoa! I mean, they could just have a Silent Hill level in Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, yeah. They could make it fit. I'm good with that. Aren't the enemies in Kingdom Hearts just kind of shadowy, dark things anyway? It's like yeah. they're already basically the same get, game. Get as a far cute as I'm little pyramid head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, people eat that up. They would eat it up uh, like it was M and M's. They sure would. Uh, yeah, this was episode sixty of Insert Credit the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, ChiPD for stopping by. Uh, you can find him on the internet. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank that. Blaine Brown, our editor, for editing this up. Uh, you can check us out, our archive of past episodes, or iTunes link, RSS, uh, our Facebook group, at the brand new popular website, uh, podcast.insertcredit.com. Uh, tell yeah, I go your, there. Yeah, tell your friends... Make it your homepage. Uh, tweet about it. Uh, I'd go there. <laughs> leave us some reviews on iTunes. Uh, we like seeing those. Uh, be friends with us on Facebook by uh, liking uh, facebook.com slash icpodcast. Uh, tentatively, we have scheduled the Super Nintendo show for uh, next week, where we're going to yeah. discuss the uh, best Super Nintendo games of all time. So if you haven't gotten your votes in, you can send those to podcast.insertcredit.com. Uh, you can also send in uh, your own questions, uh, like uh, Kyle Robinson did this week. Or you could send in uh, trivia questions for an upcoming uh, trivia special where we will uh, confront the panel and see who is actively the best at knowing things about video games. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. 
I'm at Alex Jaffe, Brandon's at Necrosofty, Frank's at Frank Cifaldi, Tim's at 108. And if you're listening to this live, you can stick around with us after the show for a Q&A session. And if you're not, uh, you can follow us on the Facebook group to know when that happens, so you can be part of the action next time. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And now, you're playing with podcasts. Podcast over, yeah!